With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to Rick Stroud of the Buccaneers. Last year at this time, we talked to him. And we were talking about Tom Brady going to retire. He did retire not very long and then came back. And doesn't think I don't think anybody feels like Tom's going to retire now. Let's bring in Rick Stroud, covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times, host of Sports Day, Tampa Bay podcast. Seems like a foregone conclusion, Rick. Tom Brady's playing next year. I guess the question is Tampa or the field? Yeah. Um, can I take the state of Florida? Can we can we take that and just say sure. one state? Because I, I really do believe that um, for as much talk as there's been about San Francisco too far, right? They got Brock Purdy. They got their quarterbacks, Trey Lance. Um, Denver, same thing. Las Vegas. He now has three kids that don't live with him full time. And they're in Florida, two of them. One's in New York. So I, I still think Miami is a possibility, depending on what people do down there with Tua. Uh, maybe even with the head coach, um, you know, and and I was told by somebody pretty close to him that, and I would have never said this, Dan, in fact, I said the opposite, shows what I know, that, that he might come right back here to Tampa. He really, really likes working for the Glazers. He has a great relationship with them. They give him everything he wants. It's certainly still in the state, not far from, uh, you know, from where his ex-wife is. So he might want to fix this uh, if that's possible. And uh, I wouldn't discount the Bucks having another crack at him. Are the Bucks threatening? In the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, but only because of one guy. And, and it's also, Dan, because of the way I think he'll play. You know, his whole year, of course, was, you know, full of all kinds of, uh, you know, personal strife. But beyond that, he really didn't want to get hit. He didn't want to... Uh, you know, he didn't trust the offensive line. He had to make it through the regular season. That was the goal. That was the whole goal of his since he tore his ACL back in 08. And he knew he had to be here for his team. When he played Carolina and they had to win, he sat back in the pocket and he threw the ball down the field. Now, they played a main single coverage, you know, against Mike Evans and they, they bombed away. But I really think that in the postseason, we saw this last year with the Rams. He got hit 15 times, nine times by Vaughn Miller. But he stood in there and he looked down the barrel and he threw it. Why is he playing if not for the postseason, if not to try to get in the Super Bowl? And I think that's going to open up their offense quite a bit. Plus, they're as healthy as they've been. I mean, Julio Jones, who we haven't seen, he's been on the shelf. 
He's been quietly working. I think you're going to see a lot of him. And, you know, we'll just see if they have problems on the offensive line. But those guys have played a lot of football now. Uh, and I think they feel they have a little bit of confidence going. But what have you seen from the Cowboys defense the last month? They have not looked good at all, including last week against the Commanders. And how does Tom Brady take advantage of that? Well, they got to protect them. I mean, that's number one. I mean, for all that the Cowboys have done, and they gave up, what, 500 yards to Jacksonville. Um, you know, the Bucks, unfortunately, they're the worst rushing team in the league. I mean, historically bad, under 80 yards a game. I think only four teams have made the playoffs with that low of a rushing average. Um, but the biggest thing is, can you block Micah Parsons? Can you keep Tom clean? If they can do that, there's yards to be made. You know, we'll see what kind of coverage they play. Um, but there's going to be some man-to-man -man opportunities. And, you know, the first game, they ran the ball very well. They got it outside. They got it on the edge. They made those guys run sideline to sideline. So I don't know that the game plan will be different. This time of year, he seems to trust Leonard Fournette. but a big game in Arizona a couple weeks ago. So I, I think there is a way to attack them. But, but you're right. I mean, look, America's, this is America's team against what? Uh, Captain America, right? America's quarterback. And it, it's intriguing because that's really the matchup. And you got Jerry Jones. You know, every year the pressure builds on Dallas. I think they're going to feel it. I really believe that the Cowboys are going to win. You know, all that stuff. And listen, um, that's real. You know, and this team, for whatever reason, has beaten this team twice now in the season opener in two years. So they're confident. It hasn't been a good year. It could go that way again uh, in this playoff game. But I think when you get to this part, the pressure is what all the teams feel. And who handles that best? No one handles it better than Tom Brady. Tampa, I believe, was two and four against playoff teams this year. <laughs> Best team you saw this year that they faced? Oh, San Francisco by far. Yeah, it wasn't even close. And with Brock Purdy making his first start. Um, you know what's going to be interesting about them? And they're, they're terrific. They have the defense. They can run the ball. The Christian McCaffrey deal was genius. Uh, I want to see what happens, though, if much like Jimmy Garoppolo before him, if the 49ers are in a trail position in the fourth quarter and Brock Purdy has to throw the ball, you know, down the field in a clock situation, is he going to be able to handle that? Um, and and we, he just hasn't been in that position yet. So, but no, by far, San Francisco is the best team I've seen. Yeah, you start to look at these uh, situations. I, I pointed out in the first uh, few minutes of the show that we look at these matchups. We may not like the teams, the Giants and the Vikings, but that right. might turn out to be a great game. The Chargers in Jacksonville, looking at the, you know, the line, that should be a great game. Uh, you know, you got Miami against Buffalo, not much of a chance there. You got Seattle against San Francisco, not much of a chance there. The one game you think that will take away from this weekend, talking about on Monday slash Tuesday, is what? Uh, wow, that's a great question. I, I think it's going to be the New York Giants beating the Vikings. I think we're going to see a, a Giants team that um, has some pieces that can give teams trouble. They're physical. They can run the football. Daniel Jones can be a problem. And I, I just don't trust Minnesota. I don't know how you can trust a team with that kind of point differential. They're, they're just up and down. Um, and if that happens, then you have a situation where if the Bucks were to win, they'd be going to San Francisco. It could really throw sort of the playoffs into a loop. But um, but yeah, I'm really interested in, in that Vikings-Giants game. 
Trying to understand this quote from Lamar Jackson. I know that you cover more than just the Buccaneers. You cover the NFL. But he says, yeah. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. What do you take from that? Um, well, first of all, nobody's 100%. <laughs> Let's go there first. Um, get out there if you can. Even if you're 65%, let's give it the old college try. I still think we have a chance. I mean, that that seems a little uh, dark, you know. You might want to get behind your guys a little bit more than that. I don't know what Lamar Jackson's future is. I don't know, do you hand a guy like that the kind of contract he's going to command uh, if you think that this is going to be a pattern, if you think that his style of play – um, is going to put him in harm's way over and over again. It's, it's a difficult decision. By the same token, who's out there, right? What, what position are you in to get another quarterback? Um, but you have to be available for your team, and, and he's not. And this has been a, a, you know, an ongoing saga week to week. So um, I don't give you know, the Ravens much chance, and, and I don't know how this impacts their feelings about Lamar going forward. I think they have to sign him, Dan, but, I, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they're going to franchise him. I mean, I would still yeah. take a wait and see coming off this injury. He's been Absolutely. injured the last couple of years. And he's got to look at Deshaun Watson's deal and say, I want mine all guaranteed. And they weren't willing to guarantee. You know, there was like 133 out of $250 million. Uh, I, I want to leave you with this, and I want to take you back to last summer when we spoke. And you knew what was going on with Tom Brady and his family situation. But as a reporter, being respectful and also being in that market with Tom Brady and seeing him on a semi-regular basis, where do you, how do you kind of compartmentalize to go, I'm, I've got to do my job, but it's a sensitive topic of somebody who's going through a divorce, but it is affecting a football player and a football team and a city that you live in? It's a great question, and we wrestled with it um, not that much, though, because Again, um, you know, I, I'm, I work for a newspaper and, and, uh, or a digital company or whatever they, they call themselves now, um, and it's journalism. And, you know, even celebrities like Tom Brady and Giselle um, deserve a certain amount of privacy. And furthermore, um, we kind of drew the line at, is there a document that says, there, is there a filing? Is there something on paper that says this is actually happening. We knew kind of what the strife was, but it's, you know, in any situation like this, it's totally fluid. You don't want to be first and wrong on this one. You have to be correct. And you also have to respect the process. There's children involved. And again, these kids, you know, were born into this family and, and they're in the spotlight and commercials and everything else, but that's their mom, that's their dad. And so um, you have to be very careful and sensitive to that. We're, we could see what was going on with Tom. He hinted it some personal strife, you know, during the season about I got some bleep going on and we saw the weight loss and all of that. Um, and we knew that he took time away for that reason. But aside from documenting those absences, it was really difficult to come out and say, well, this this marriage is ending. And I had written stories and, and had them ready to go in the, in the event that, you know, that that was proven. But without a spokesperson for one of those parties or without a document, that's kind of where we drew the line. And everybody else can answer for themselves. But I just think you have to be respectful of, uh, of where the situation is and of everybody involved, not, not, just, not just Giselle and Tom. Yeah, I wrestled with that as well, but I kept going back to how I covered Tiger Woods. When all of this came out about what was happening with other women, 
I only care what happens to you, the golfer, the, the performer, if it took him off the golf course, if he didn't play in majors, or Tom missed practice, you know, Tom did yep. miss practice. Then, you know, when I found out eventually, then I went, he's missing practice. Now it's a story. But yep. prior to that, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do TMZ. I couldn't broach the topic. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. I think when you uh, see that it's affecting him on the field, and obviously this is the most prepared quarterback of all time, still might be if he just rolled out of bed and played, but he wasn't preparing the way he normally prepares. And I think it had an effect on his play. I mean, you know, he didn't have the chemistry. He talked about, you know, not getting enough reps with some of his guys. And I think that early on that that was, that was a story. Just, just, you know, look, after the Ravens game, Dan, he sat there, and no one had ever seen this. We talked to people in New England. But for a good 20, 25 minutes in full pads with his head between his legs um, at his locker, and Blaine Gabbert was talking to him, he had no response. The next day, the divorce was final. Yeah. The next day, they filed and they filed the final papers. And so they had lost two games in four days. They were three and five. And boy, you could see, uh, you know, how the weight of that had affected him on and, and was affecting him, you know, off the field, but on the field as well. So we wrote about that scene. Um, but that's really all we could do. You know, I, I just think that you can write about how whatever it is he's going through and wants to share is affecting him on the field, but without uh, you know, one of them acknowledging it. I, I just didn't feel comfortable writing that, that that was happening. Always great to talk to you, Rick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. That's Rick Stroud, covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times, host of Sports Day, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I remember people were uh, surprised or disappointed or whatever they were when I wasn't touching the Tiger Woods, always dating a Waffle House waitress. Like, I didn't, I didn't care. I, I, you know, I have to be fair to them. Uh, you know, the car crash Thanksgiving night. Okay, now that's an injury. That's going to affect Tiger Woods, the golfer, or the accident that he had in California. Then, and, and look, I my moral compass hopefully points in the right direction with these stories because I've been doing it such a long time. Uh, but I, you know, when I finally found out that Brady was going through a divorce, they had separated going through a divorce, I had to wait to see how that affected him, the football player. When he missed 10 days of practice, now it's a story. And no matter what Tampa was saying to us, like, hey, he had it scheduled, you don't have a 10-day vacation scheduled in August. And certainly not the greatest quarterback of all time, unless you were going to retire. And that's why I think, you know, broaching the topic, you got to be sensitive to no matter who it is. Uh, Jim in New York joins us. Hi, Jim. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. Hey, bud. Hi, Dan. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jim. I think you're, uh, I think you're the, the best interviewer I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and uh, I love listening to you every day, and, uh, you and the Danettes. Uh, quick, with Lamar, I think actually Lamar has them where he wants them. Mm. Um, when they drafted him, they also picked up Greg Roman, who's noted power run. Kaepernick had his power run with the 49ers. Mm. They changed their entire offensive philosophy and filled up their entire offensive roster around Lamar with all the tight ends, only a couple receivers, uh, and a ton of running backs and offensive linemen. If they they don't sign him, they they have to change their entire offense, get rid of their offensive coordinator, and go in an entirely different direction. The only reason I don't think the franchise tag, actually I haven't done enough thought on it, but it's $45.2 million. Yeah. The franchise tag yeah. for 2023. 
Um, I don't know. I think he's got them. I don't know if uh, the PCL, I think there's already been enough time that he's had off to show them what they are without him. Well, it you know, I like Tyler Huntley. You could still run that same offense with him and then decide what you want to do, um, you know, with that offense. Do you reconfigure it? I'm just not sure if what Lamar Jackson does is sustainable. He's been banged up, and now I'm going to give him a five-year deal, and it's going to be all guaranteed. I would have a, I'd have a hard time with that. You know, if you say, hey, where are you going to be in four years from now? I'm not sure. Can I count on him? When he's healthy, he's awesome. But, yeah, you did, you know, brought in Greg Roman, and you were going to create a, a similar offense to what, you know, Colin Kaepernick played in. But I, I'm not so sure where you go, okay, it's all guaranteed, and he's going to continue to play that way. I don't – I wouldn't. But I wouldn't have extended Kyler Murray when the Cardinals did. Uh, you know, I understood what Buffalo was doing with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. If the Bengals do that with Joe Burrow, those careers feel more sustainable. Now, Josh Allen, I do get nervous when he runs as much as he does. But he's not going to stop. He's, uh, he's Cam Newton, but a better, pa- a better quarterback, a better passer. He's not going to stop. But, you know, certain quarterbacks, the style that they play in, do you want to roll the dice on that? And that's what Arizona is going to do with Kyler Murray, and Baltimore is probably going to do with Lamar Jackson. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Lebetard's going to join us coming up next hour. He's Josh Dumel, the actor, former quarterback at Minot State University, diehard Vikings fan, and he's got a new movie... Shotgun Wedding, Josh and Jennifer Lopez. That's available uh, coming up on Prime Video on January 27th. All right, you get to pick. We start out with the Vikings, or you want to talk about making out with J-Lo? I want to talk about Fritzy's let's get quizzical, quizzical. (laughs) Oh, no. I want to get quizzical. Mm. That was precious, precious stuff. Precious? Precious. Here it is. That I know you like It makes good sports radio conversation You gotta answer it just right You know what I mean Don't Google it, just try to think it out Challenge yourself mentally Make sure you know what you're talking about Or get embarrassed on radio and TV Let's get quizzical Okay Quizzical, quizzical. <laughs> I want to get quizzical Olivia Newton-John had died two days earlier, Josh. Yeah. That was a serious tribute by Fritzy to Olivia Newton-John. God rest her soul. We all mourn in different ways. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, you. I've been been hounding you. Yes, you have. I've been hounding you. Yes, you have. I mean, I can talk whatever you'd like. I mean, we could talk football first if you'd like. Well... What's Can we letter? talk about what I've been texting you about first? Sure. Before we get to the sure. Vikings? This is just about every weekend I hear from Josh. And you'd think newly married, he's got a movie. I'm like, he's got other things to worry about. But nope, this is first and foremost on his mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know why anybody's not talking about why Cooper Rush is not playing quarterback instead of Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush played way better than Dak's played since he's been back. And nobody wants to talk about it. They talk about Dak as if he's, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes or something. Like that job is secured. Like like it's in Fort Knox and nobody's going to take it from him. Well, it better be secure. They're paying him a whole lot of money. Is that the reason why they keep him in there? Because they're not going to win this weekend. I don't think the way he's been playing. You think Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott? I think he's more of a he, – he, he have less chance to make mistakes. He doesn't make as many mistakes. And he's as good of a passer. He gets okay. the ball to the playmakers, and they score points, and they win football games. Uh, Paulie, do you got Cooper Rush's stats? Yeah, Cooper Rush this year, 4-1 and one as a starter, five touchdowns, three picks. His quarterback rating was 84. Okay. I don't know if those are – I mean, is that a, enough of a sample size for you to go, I'm going to turn the keys over to Cooper Rush? I'm just saying, when it comes down to this time of the year, you net, you have to win. Who do you feel more comfortable with? I don't know, man. I'm going Cooper. If you and were, I think I think that I think it's going to be a short leash too. If he doesn't come out and play well, they might go to him quick. Wow. You you should be on first take 
or Undisputed or whatever that show's called. Is, am I that crazy? That's that's pretty controversial. What is he? Okay, tell me what he's done that's been that 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 you that you trust Dak Prescott right now more than Cooper Rush. Um, I do think Cooper Rush knows what he can and can't do more so than Dak does. And Dak did lead the league in interceptions and missed like five games uh, and still yeah. led the league in interceptions. You know, this is where you find out how good your quarterbacks are. Regular yeah. season doesn't mean anything. These are the games. You know, yeah. this is why you have Tom Brady. Not during yeah. the regular season, postseason. This, this is why certain quarterbacks, you feel more confident with Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow now than you know, you would with these other quarterbacks that they're facing. Yeah. There's a reason for that. But what about Kirk Cousins? You think he's got what it takes this year? Okay. What are your expectations? If if it's a well, day game, then I like Kirk Cousins. It's when the sun goes down, so does he. And the, and the lights get bright. Yes. That's what, that's what worries me about him too. But I feel like he is okay. This is my honest take on it. I think that They've had so many games this year that have been so tight, and they've been able to win those games. And in the past, they lose those games. They find a way to lose, and this this year they found ways to win. Um, when they get beat, they get their asses kicked. I mean, you look at that Eagles game, you look at the Cowboys game, you look at the Packers game, and I think the the, the Lions were the fourth loss. Not as much of a, a butt kicking, but yeah, they just seem to win barely, or they get. I think they got outscored in overall points. Yeah, throughout the season. Yeah, but here, here's here's my point: is I think that because they have that, they do have a lot of talent. Even defensively, they have the talent. If they can gel, and and one of these teams is going to catch fire at this time of the year, and they're going to make a big run. And I don't see why the Vikings can't be that team. They've got the players. They've got the coach. And I'm just hoping for that. And I'm hoping that Kirk is able to get over that that hump that he seems to be. How uh, many years have I spoken to you after a Vikings playoff loss? Many. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it's, find a, they find a new way to break my heart. Every <laughs> they, year. they do. We're talking to Josh Dumel, um, the diehard Vikings fan in the new movie on Prime Video, January 27th with Jennifer Lopez. It's called Shotgun Wedding. How well did you know J-Lo before you did the movie? I knew her fairly well. I met her years ago at like a New Year's party in Miami. And we hung out a bit. We, she was with, I think she was Mark Anthony at the time. Um, and we went on this big boat. And we just sort of, that was the first time I'd met her. And she was super cool. So I knew that, I knew that she wasn't like some, you know, girl that you can't really get to. Uh, uh, and so, I, so when we had this, we had a Zoom call. Uh, when that when that, when they wanted me to do the part, just to sort of talk to her again and talk to the director, and right off the bat, we you know we we got along great, and she's just an awesome girl. I don't know, she's she is J Lo, but she's also still Jenny from the block a okay. little bit. Okay, now explain the kissing scenes. Mm -hmm. Walk us through the preparation of making out with J Lo. I'm not going to lie. There was a little bit of nervousness going into that. It was like, oh, you know, you step outside yourself. I'm about to kiss JLo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you rehearse? Actually, make sure my breath is good. Uh, I actually put some gum in and tried to hide it. Uh, and like halfway through the scene, she's like, are you chewing gum? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> so they made me spit that out. So if you watch the movie, you'll see there's a couple spots where I'm actually chewing gum in that scene. 
What's rehearsal like? Um, surprisingly normal. I mean, again, we got along. I wasn't, if I didn't know her before, it'd be hard to get over the whole, you know, superstar aspect of who she is, but she's just a normal chick. And we had a, we had, it was very easy. It wasn't, it wasn't as nerve wracking as, as it might seem. But when you do rehearsal, do you kiss during rehearsal? Oh, uh, I don't remember. I think, I think maybe just maybe a little kiss Come not on. like full, not like the full-on yeah i mean you gotta be you gotta be respectful i mean i don't want ben affleck showing up at my front door but, with a but shot. was she was not dating ben at the time no. she was i mean dating... i don't want i don't want i don't want uh that was a rod showing up at my house with a shotgun you could take uh, a rod you think so yeah probably so in a fight yeah. i don't know man he's pretty big did he show up boy. on set when you were with his then girlfriend he did he did and they were going through it at the time, so it was oh, a, it was a bit of, yeah. So she was on the rebound, and you were there for her. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's why he showed up? He may, maybe was a little worried. I would remember. I was a happily uh, engaged. No, I wasn't engaged. At whoa, the time. whoa, whoa! Ooh, they could have got steamy. <laughs> that could have been a good opportunity. You could have been the, you know, was, come over, you know, let's talk. How can I help that, you? How can I help I'll you? I'll be that guy. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's soft you cry on. Come here, let's. Yeah. I'm a good listener. <laughs> the uh, movie is Shotgun Wedding. I was surprised at the the gore in here, the violence in here. Have you seen the movie? I have seen clips of the movie. Okay. But, like, I thought it would be a rom-com. And it and it changed, yeah. Quick, yeah, well, you know what's great about it is Jay Moore, Jason Moore, who's the director who directed Pitch Perfect, and I don't know if you've ever seen Avenue Q uh, in New York, but he he's a really he's got a very specific sort of sensibility about his his comedy, and he was re, he really kind of went it's a it's a it's a heightened sort of almost broad in its comedy in some ways. They it's it's really. Uh, it was fun to play because he just absolutely went for it. There's one scene where, where she's got this, she steals this grenade from one of these pirates who are trying to overtake the, the resort. And I'm a former baseball player. I grabbed this, this piece of art that looks like a bat and she tosses it to me and I hit it and I hit it to the <laughs> blow up and, and literally as blow up one of these guys to pieces. And there's a few moments like Lenny Kravitz, for example, at the end of the movie, I'm not going to want to give too much of it away, but dies in a very graphic way. <laughs> like they didn't pull any punches on that. I was like, wow, I just saw Lenny Kravitz disintegrate. Well, doesn't J-Lo use the wedding knife to decapitate somebody? Well, she uses it to, well, I, I, she uses it to, to cut apart a, a uh, uh, the rope that's connecting him from the boat to this parachute that he's hanging on. And it, when that happens, it, it, it's not it's, a I'm rom-com. You, it's I'm, I'm, you know, I want people to know that it, it's not a rom-com. It, yeah, but it, 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 it's, it, I mean, it is romantic and it is, 
comedic, but it's also a lot of action and it is pretty graphic, which I loved. I thought it was, but in a funny way, <laughs> of course, it's not like it's not gonna, you're not going to have to turn your head. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny gore. Uh, it's Gen funny. Jennifer Coolidge, who has had this revitalization, Stifler's mom is uh, in there. She's uh, White Lotus. Uh, Lenny Kravitz is also in there. Uh, Cheech of Cheech and Chong in there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He plays, he plays her mom or her dad. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge plays my mother, which is weird because she's like nine years older than me, if that. No. So she's very promiscuous at a very young age. Okay. Apparently. All right. Um, well, congrats on uh, getting married. Thank you, Dan. And, and I know that you... Uh, Thank you for the lovely gift, by the way. You invited me. Uh, and from what I hear, I probably could have helped you, you know, not injure yourself on your... Was that the night before... That yeah. you got hurt? Yeah, it was that was pretty nuts when I when I really look back at it. Uh it was it was uh we had a we had a, we had this band uh that we had play at the rehearsal dinner and it was like this little party before the party. And I had a couple and decided to go into the party bus after we we're driving back to the hotel. And I tried one of these and I was dancing, and I tried one of those gymnastics moves where you know the they're, uh, they're on the rings and they're able to pull themselves up and, and like make their legs go straight out. Well, I tried doing that and my back went. And I knew it right there. I was like, ooh, that's not going to be good in the morning. Sure enough, I wake up and I can't get out of bed. Like two hours before I'm supposed to be walking down the aisle, I can't stand up. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm already I'm already a little bit insecure about how much older I am. I'm, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than her. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to walk down the aisle. And <laughs> Did you so, complete the so, process though? Like I did. So I went to the hospital. <laughs> I got shot up with some tortol, made it through the day without any pain, danced, did the whole thing, and then woke up the next morning after the wedding and couldn't get out of bed again. Had to go back to the hospital. Yeah, and it took a couple months for it to recover. It was a pretty, pretty I don't know what I did, but it wasn't good. Soft. Soft. What You're happened? right. Yeah. What happened to you? No, dude. Soft. Shotgun wedding with J-Lo. Watch uh, Josh make out with J-Lo. Do you think Ben Affleck will watch this movie? Um, yeah, I hope he does. I think he's going to be at the premiere on, on Wednesday. Right. I think he, I think he's going to watch it. Think you could take Ben Affleck? In what, a fight? Yeah. Or a one-on-one? -on -one? Well, I would take you one-on-one, -on -one, but a, uh, a fight? I mean... Uh, a fight with Ben Affleck, that'd be pretty good. We're both about the same size. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it would be a good match, actually. Yeah. Does he wrestle? Because I'm I'm a college wrestler. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. No. What, Paulie? We were thinking, like, the town Ben Affleck. He was pretty jacked. You don't want to mess with that that Ben Affleck. Remember no. The movie The Town? Yeah. He was jacked. No, no. Yeah. yeah, he was. He's he, And he was jacked when he was Batman, so... And I am not jacked right now. I'm actually on a, I was, I spent two weeks out at the cabin or three weeks out at the cabin in Minnesota. And, and, and my, my diet was bush light uh, <laughs> cookies and frozen pizza. So I'm on a cleanse right now. You ever done a cleanse? No. Oh, dude, I'm on a cleanse right now. I've never done it either. It's hard. Yeah. I'm drink. I'm literally drinking liquids for four days straight. Well, you don't want to look too uh, old because your wife is so young. I'm trying to stay young. I'm trying to keep this body ship shape. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He expects that of me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
Um, well, good luck with the movie. No, more importantly, good luck with the Vikings against the Giants. Hey, thank you, and also thank you guys for the. Uh, you, you're, you're gonna you're gonna love the little bit you did for Buddy Games too. It looks fantastic. So it's when do great... but when's that movie come out, Buddy Games two? Well, we just literally turned it in to Paramount like two days ago. So whatever they decide to let it okay. let it out into the world. But again, thank you for that. But it's really, fun. if you didn't see Buddy Games one, is that going to make it tougher to watch Buddy Games two? You should see the first one, but they're not they're not necessarily okay connected. But one of the characters, uh, uh, in, as you know, one of the characters passes at the opening of this one, and you guys were helpful in in sort of setting that whole thing up. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck with your uh, your Vikings this weekend. And uh, thank you, thanks Skull for, Vikes, thanks baby. For Skull Vikes. That Come is, on, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, here we Come go. Come on, Kirk Cousins. All right, here we go. That's uh, that's Josh Dumel, Vikings apologist. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety so now i'm coming out with a new podcast unbreakable a mental health podcast with jay glazer where each week while we talk about mental health i hope to describe it give it words listen to unbreakable with jay glazer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening somehow made it to a friday i had the under final hour it's a meet friday at that in case you're wondering later on this hour we will unveil the traeger grills griba a uh, grilled ribeye that's gribeye with uh, green butter i think we just uh, created something there mm-hmm. i'll have a gribeye a grilled ribeye brats and fritzy is back with us we got pigs in a blanket to celebrate fantastic who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. No, but let's try that again. I didn't feel like everybody was involved, including Seton. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. All right, let's go. Let's don't take it for granted. Come on. Every day's the Super Bowl. Let's go. Come on. I mean, we just had pigs in a blanket, but. Oh. All right. But, <laughs> but we got grib eyes. Grib eyes, yeah. Grib eyes. Super pumped And for that. brats. And I do have a keg out there. Word? Yeah, I got Friday beers? I got Miller. I got uh, Friday beers. If Let's anybody's interested, Shredfest. Now, Let's who go. has it better than we do? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, poll question for the final hour: Seton O'Connor. Well, Dan, we had up there uh, which game this weekend will be a blowout. Okay. Uh, your options, Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Bengals, Seahawks, 49ers, et cetera, et cetera. ETC, ETC. ETC, ETC. Yeah. Uh, do you want to guess? I'm going to say it's the Bills and the Dolphins. It is, yes, yes by an overwhelming That's majority. Yeah, yeah, 66%. Uh, you got a better poll question for the final hour? Mm, I have another poll question. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's okay. a better poll Give me question. another one that might be better than that one, which won't be hard to do. Uh, your ideal Super Bowl matchup. Ooh. Okay. Oh, nobody. CBS is going to have the Super Bowl. So what would CBS want? So I, I put together a couple of options, um, but you could change them. All right. Let me uh, Paulie raised his hand first. Paulie? I'll go first. If I could make the Super Bowl, I would put the Cowboys in it mm-hmm. because they could be the bad guy, and I put the Bills in it, oh. and everybody's rooting for the Bills. Before Hamlin's situation, the Bills, 0-4 from the back of the day. Mm. Bills are the lovable team this year, and you put a, a, a villain like the Cowboys in with them. Bloop, bloop. Uh, was it 30 years ago when the Cowboys beat the Bills in the Super Bowl? Two years in a row. Yeah. Bring Jim Kelly back. Bring uh, all the Buffalo Bills. DeMar Hamlin, maybe you could have him there. Yeah, that would be good. Can't go wrong if you have the Cowboys. Can you top that, Marvin? No, I was just going to say that means the Cowboys have to win playoff games. Wow. It does mean they'd have to get there to get there. They would have to get there to be in it, yeah. Okay. Here's Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach, on fixing Dak Prescott. I have great confidence in how we evaluate our players, you know, the the intensity of the – of the grading that the coaches go through Sunday night and Monday morning. I mean, they put a lot of time into it. So Dak in particular, you know, he's being coached, um, you know, through the things that, you know, he needs to continue to build off of, which is 
the majority of his play that and I know we're talking about the negative now but but you, you definitely have to correct and, and learn from us so I, I think the application of moving forward is is really the answer to your question as opposed to sitting there and just you know harping on the on the negative number well I would be willing to talk the positives but I'd also want to ask Mike McCarthy what are the things that Dak is working on I'd just be curious about that I mean, we're in January now. You're in the playoffs, and you're in Tampa facing Tom. Dan Lebitard, host of the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gantz, uh, one of the best, most popular podcasts. The Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gantz, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, the Dolphins going to have a new quarterback next year, Dan? It's an excellent question. I do, before we get started, though, want to just be offended on your behalf at the profound indifference of those sloths you have over there when you ask them with great enthusiasm after all these years, who's got it better than us? And they belch out something that has no passion in it, nothing. Like like if everyone's got beer and barbecue on a Friday as part of the work experience, as if everyone's got pigs in a blanket provided by Dan Patrick, you asked for them to show you some enthusiasm (laughs) and they just belched out some mediocre exhaust. I know, you're right. They're spoiled, Dan. Um, the, the Dolphin fan base has been waiting. This has been an all-or-nothing season. They went all-in. They traded draft picks, gave up salary cap space. They've got the best quarterback rating from someone this young since Marino at quarterback. When Tua is healthy, he has been numerically a quarterback who has been overwhelmingly good. Like in the Mahomes category, you could say it's system, you could say it's coach. And I've never seen a situation like this, Dan, in all my history covering sports where this quarterback is hugely polarizing nationally. The Dolphins have been a regional team for 20 years. Nationally, he's the most polarizing quarterback in the league. And you really can go from statistically, he's the best to oh, I don't trust him at all. I don't trust him against San Diego. I don't trust him against San Francisco. And against Green Bay, when I need a game at home, he's throwing three interceptions in the fourth quarter that he doesn't remember because his his head is not right. It is uh, the whole franchise is built on popsicle sticks. Like they have to make a decision because the most important thing is having value at quarterback. It's not just having a great quarterback, but it's having him so cheap that you can put all the pieces around him in a salary cap age the way the Seahawks did when they were building around Russell Wilson. And you just don't know with this guy. You just don't know. And I'm talking about brain chemistry, doctors, whoever it is you talk to, franchise leaders. You just don't know if he's playing an inherently violent game and these things get worse as you go. They become easier to uh, to have the more often you go. And he doesn't seem to fall right. He gets ragdolled a lot. I don't, it's not a good answer, Dan, because I'm supposed to give you a gas bag answer that knows, but I think in the Dolphin organization, they're scared about not knowing the answer to that question. But could you see a scenario where you keep Tua, think he's scheduled to make under $5 million, and you bring in Tom Brady? Uh, 
Well, the the most underreported story I thought in America's most popular sport last year was, hey, Brady's totally conspiring. And also, by the way, <laughs> no, Dan, Dan, it's amazing that this happened quietly. It's just amazing. Boston got legitimately mad at Tom for only thanking Tampa Bay without realizing it's because he wasn't retiring. <laughs> like, and the only thing, the only thing that changed all of that again is a lawsuit where the coach leaves because he's saying that the team is racist. That's the only thing that ended up making that all go sideways. So I don't, Stephen Ross is desperate. Stephen Ross is a laughingstock, one of the worst owners in the history of South Florida sports uh, because he has taken what was the winningest franchise in sports, the Miami Dolphins, and he has turned it into a team that has not been relevant in any way this century. He's in his 80s. He is used to winning. He is not used to being laughed at. So I would not put any form of desperation past him. I don't know what the relationship still is with uh, Tom Brady and the other people around the Dolphins, but it's kind of perfect that they uh, ended up losing a draft pick and not even getting Tom Brady, just with flirting with Tom Brady. And now they find themselves in this super weird position at quarterback where you have more faith that Tom Brady can play a healthy season at 46 than Tua can at 24. How many concussions do you think Tua had this year? I mean, I don't, I, it's, it's almost impossible to answer. He had the one that we remember the most. I would, uh, remind people that Kenny Pickett had two this year. I would remind people that uh, that uh, the center for the Buffalo Bills, uh, Morse, uh, has had six in his career that are documented, and he just came out of the concussion protocol. But Tua has the one that scared us. Before DeMar Hamlin, Tua had the one that made all of us talk about, like, well, wait a minute, I haven't seen splayed fingers in front of the face with seizure symptoms. That's not something that I've seen. And then in the, the the next game, when he comes back, I've got my entire crew on our show worried when he's in the open field, just worried, just scared when he's in the open field because of how we've been talking about this. He, uh, no one has had concussions covered more than Tua has. And uh, what, what, one of the many interesting things here, uh, Dan, is how incentivized everyone is. Like, this represents progress. A few years ago, we wouldn't have been talking about any of this stuff. He would have just kept playing. And so this does represent some progress, but progress still looks like, hey, there's a guy out there who's throwing three very in easy, unusual interceptions to the Packers because his head is short circuited and he's not remembering them the next day because everything around him is incentivized for him to try and keep getting back out there and even you know not telling the truth about symptoms if his head is right enough to tell the truth talking to dan lebitard host of the dan lebitard show with Stu Gantz, available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast i wasn't watching live but i did see a clip where dan had vince warfolk on the <laughs> former new england patriot on and uh you know dan does his research he's uh, always very thoughtful and sensitive and asking the right <laughs> questions at the right time doing his research and um you know you ask vince about his wife and you always love that vince talked about his wife and very candid about his relationship with his wife and then all of a sudden what happened 
I don't know if your people have the comedic uh, sound that can be played on what happens so you can enjoy the delightful awkwardness uh, on your own. But I, And I also don't know how they edited the end of it because I do remember shouting at the end of the segment, whether they left it in or not, I do not know. This would have never happened to Dan Patrick, uh, just <laughs> shouting it into the, in, into the distance somewhere. But uh, the, the short story is that I love talking to Vince Wilfork, 340-pound menace, stronger than anybody in, in the league, about romantic things and his <laughs> articulation of softness and love. And uh, the way he talks about his wife is really beautiful. Unfortunately, I was unaware that they divorced a few, a few, a few years ago. <laughs> the look on everybody's face, including the producer's who probably realized they maybe didn't do as much research as they needed to. And then Stu Gotts breaks the tension. He tries to, you know, clean up the spill in aisle six there. Wow. You, the look we, on your face, you were stunned when all of a sudden Vince goes, Bianca and I didn't make it. Yes, and he starts it, talking yeah. about his other. And Dan, he got married in 2020. It wasn't like yes. October of 2022. Look, this was a breach and a failure in a number of different ways. Um, it it could have gone worse, but only if he had told me his wife had passed away, yeah. which is what I was what I what, what what I was worried about. But the look that you saw on my face, and I, I we do love when these moments happen on our show, and we can sink fully into the awkward disrepair. But. The look that you saw on my face wasn't merely, oh, my God, how unprofessional of me and how awkward this is. But because I sort of associate this jolly, big, giant man with romance, the look you also saw on my face was the heartbreak of, oh, no, love has died. Not just not just him. it wasn't his wife that died, which that fear came over me. Um, it's just love. It's love has died. And Vince Wilfork is here to announce it to me in the most awkward, embarrassing way possible. Can you guys play that? Do you guys? It's too. We, that... we just we played it uh, last uh, look in. Uh, it's a little too long now to play, but we oh, we played God, it about twenty it minutes ago. But when you <laughs> when all of a sudden, I mean, you set it up, and you know you're waiting for that great answer. And, yes, uh, it's a big wind up. You know, it's a full wind up, <laughs> not from the stretch position. Uh, Bianca and I didn't make it, and I. <laughs> it's it's not. It's funny for a number of different reasons, but that phrasing is perfect. Like if like if they didn't survive an airplane crash. <laughs> we, we, did, we, we did not we did not make we did not make it this love you speak of so eloquently Dan, i'm sorry to inform you that it died three years ago and i replaced it with another vince vince lost a hundred pounds and a wife <laughs> i i need you to help me though like what are the I, I really did shout that at the end of that episode, whether they ended up putting it in or not. I shouted, this never would have happened to Dan Patrick. So I ask you now, as a, a, a pillar of professionalism, as an exceptional interviewer, what are the greatest rookie mistakes that an interviewer can uh, can make? Because uh, the now I, I would also argue there has not been a better or more memorable uh, interview moment from a Vince Wilfork interview in his entire Hall of Fame career because uh, yeah. 
because of what happened ends up being wonderful because we can mock ourselves. But what are the mistakes, uh, A, that you have made that feel like that, which I doubt that you have, or mistakes that you know to avoid because you're too savvy? Well, I, I like to have an idea of the answer before I ask the question. And it's, really? it's not a pre-interview, but I like to at least have a thought of what is what I'm going to be asking you. Um, and, and really, it's just kind of the bare bones of knowing who his wife is, <laughs> her name, and how long they've been married. <laughs> if I'm going down this road, Dan, then I've, That's I've, I've got to go, okay, he's been married to Bianca. They got married, uh, blah, 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 blah. Because if you do your research, you're probably going to find out that he got remarried in 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, uh, uh, if, if that research had been done, uh, yeah. But you almost asked a damn good question. But if you did ask that question, <laughs> if you the question was really good, but, it, it, you know, he screwed up the answer. He's the one well, that got divorced, man. <laughs> well, and the marriage. He's, it, it, both are, he's to blame for. Uh, yes. I, it was purposeful. I will say this part was purposeful. I'm not going to say the whole thing was purposeful, but I did want to start there because as an interview technique, I don't need to explain to you, oh, let's get this guy talking about something away from football that he's also passionate about, something that he doesn't mind talking about to see if we can soften uh, Vince Wilfork up for <laughs> later in the interview. Unfortunately, uh, the softening uh, is not uh, <laughs> the softening. I, what, one of the things I love Dan, I don't think your producers would react this way. For all their indifference about the pigs in a blanket, all my producers leapt into action to laugh at me. Yeah, like they, 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 they. Uh, one of them was described as the guy on a submarine that's sinking. Uh, the that immediately yeah. rushes to whatever it is the emergency sonar stuff is because he's been trained for this scenario all his life. Like they just jumped in with the ability to mock me instantaneously. Well. I would be concerned as I'm reading the body language on this video. Three of your guys are on their phones. They're not even listening to you do the interview. Well, no, 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 no. If you notice in the back, Billy Gill, the anarchist among us, the evil cat among us, what you will notice is he's not generally listening. He's pointing here and there until he hears the mistake. Then all of a sudden, his headsets are on and he flies in to tell Stugatz, we've got a maximum mock here immediately. Like you see him jump into action like like at the fire station when they, they still slide down the poles. You see him. He wasn't doing his job before then, but then he realized, oh, this is a good place for me to do my job. Would you have blamed your producer on the air? Oh, no, it's, uh, it's just whatever it is that ends up with me being mocked the most yeah. is going to be always the. Uh, always the funniest but it was chris cody's fault yeah of course <laughs> uh great to talk to you it's always good seeing you dan thank you buddy we'll talk all right i owe you a phone call you're terrible you're terrible <laughs> i love you too you, i love you, you too. can't be busier than me you cannot i love be. you too good seeing you, you. Cannot, I owe you, a phone you how call. many kids do you I have how you. many kids do you have <laughs> your kids are grown <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Dan Levitar, busiest man. I leave I leave phone messages. I'll hear from him three weeks later. And then he'll call as if, hey, oh, I, owed, I owed you a phone call. I hope it uh, you know, wasn't important, Dan, like your health. Dan Levitar, which Stu got. Uh, very funny. If you watch that clip, just look at the facial. Re just the reactions are awesome. Awesome.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.